It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dad Golf Podcast on episode two with Tuck Sauce and Hambino. Uh, make sure to follow us at the Dad Golf Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter, the Dad Golf Pod. And actually, I did just kick off a, a Facebook page today, so uh, that should be up and running. But again, I am terrible at Twitter, Ian. Right now, the six followers I think we have are all bots. Heck so. Yeah. <laughs> how are you my friend happy halloween yeah i'm living the dream bro how are you how are you oh. new, new dad since our last podcast i know i know i apologize everybody for this uh we we were trying to put out some stuff a little more sequentially but uh i vastly underestimated how much time a newborn takes um yeah. <clears throat> in, in my life uh we both, We've both had fatherly issues that's delayed podcasts. You had the newborn, and then when we were getting ready to write, record another podcast, my kid gets at six. So, you know, that's just, I mean, everyone who listens to this, that's a dad. Gets, you, know, you know what we're going through. Yeah, yeah. Well, they say newborns sleep like 14 to 16 hours a day, and yet somehow those 14 to 16 hours get really eaten up in a hurry, and none of them happen to be at night. Well, it's because they're um, never consecutive. So, you know, it's yeah. two up, two down, two up, two down. 
Yeah, which uh, uh, I was actually watching a stand-up comedian the other day. He's, he's talking about, like, uh, newborns are great because you get to experience the one part of sleep that you actually like, which is falling asleep. And you get to do that all <laughs> of the time. You don't get to stay <laughs> asleep good. for forever, but, like, the the piece that you're falling asleep. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, a lot's changed since our first podcast, obviously. Uh, I am now a dad. We were prepping to... To be a dad, um, and uh, I haven't hit a golf ball since, so that's that's starting this all out on the uh, out on the right foot. But Ian, from our first podcast, actually the number one question I had from our vast audience, which let's be honest, is mostly friends and family at the moment, um, is who is this sneaky Jeff character? And why is he so sneaky? Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, so, there's a lot of things that make Jeff sneaky. Um, I kind of alluded to it on the first podcast that, you know, uh, Jeff's one of those guys that you will never tell you where he stands in a round of golf. Like, if he's having a good round of golf, you don't know that he's having a good round of golf. So, you know, if you're not paying attention or you didn't go into, like me, my first round with him uh, with the expectation of what his skill level was, that's that's on me, right? But uh, my goal at the time was like, all right, I just got to be Tucker, right? So you're not like focusing on anyone else at the time, um, and you know he's just going about his round, and and you know. Well, so let's set the scene here a little bit, and uh, if this seems choppy for you all, I apologize. I am new to producing, and this is not my day job. Um, we do have kid things going on, so we are like stopping and starting at some things, so bear with us as we go through that. Um, but anyway, uh, my wife and I, uh, we actually had a wedding that was postponed due to COVID, Um and so we decided to have our original ceremony on our original date with just my groomsmen and or in her side and then some family members as well. So a very small ceremony in her mom's backyard when we postponed our actual like big event. Um, and as part of that, my bachelor party also uh, got kind of foobarred through that whole process. Um, as a consequence of that, I got a new set of irons. So I don't I don't know what I really missed out on. Ian, you actually had a bachelor party. I don't know if you would have preferred a, a set of irons instead of that. No, uh, no, I, I, yeah, I don't play enough golf. Clearly, as we've seen so far, uh, based on the rankings versus rounds played, to uh, have given up my experience on my bachelor party. But you, however, play a lot more golf. I can see how that would be, that would weigh on you a little bit. Yeah. Plus, I don't like most of you all that much, so cutting <laughs> cutting some of that time out was. Um, but anyway, uh, so. The, the guys that were able to come in a little bit early, uh, we just decided to play some golf. We were going to drink some beers the day before. Uh, we actually played golf the next day as well. Um, so it was uh, my father-in-law, Jeff, um, who will become known as Sneaky Jeff. Um, Ian and, I, uh, and Rick was there too, I yep, think. Rick was right? there. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was so, another reason why I didn't really have my eyes on, on Jeff at the time, because Rick hits it 700 yards off the tee. So, you know. <laughs> he does. He uh, he broke his collarbone recently, so he doesn't he doesn't do that as much anymore. And now he's on this, like, tight little cut thing, which Oof. it really annoys me when somebody it's says, yeah. yeah, he says I'm going to take a little bit off this one and still 
hits it 30 <laughs> yards past me, which is fantastic. Um, but so we we decided to, to go out and actually, because it was right the day before the wedding, we went out to, you know, St. Augustine, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the area, the, the, the premier golf courses in the St. Augustine area, other than TPC, right? If, if you want to go play Sawgrass or even the stadium course, I've never played out there, but, um, the other course that's over at Sawgrass. Yeah, Dyes, Dyes Valley. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but both are, you know, both several. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but if you, if you, don't have six or seven hundred dollars or you're you're looking for a round to kind of compliment right playing tpc while you're down there the the places you're going to go is the world golf village um purchase new wiper blades from o'reilly auto parts today and we'll install them for free see better and drive safer with o'reilly auto parts oh 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 o'reilly auto parts and so we were playing the King and the Bear, um, which is one of the two courses they have out at uh, the Golfers Hall of Fame. And we get out there. My father-in-law drove me. We're, we're walking out to the range. And I haven't seen Ian at that point. I don't think I had seen you actually since your wedding, which had been like two yeah. or three years, right? Yeah, probably. That's about right. Um, and weren't you... Fresh out of the car from Orlando. Yeah, I was. I driven up that morning because um, I had I had uh, Liam at the time, and I drove up. I got to the car or got out of the car twenty five minutes before tea time. I was, able, I was able to hit I think a total of like eight golf balls. Well, and so we're sitting out on the range, and Ian introduces himself to Jeff, and we start talking about the tees that we're going to play, and Jeff right in is starts talking about his knee and start talking about how his back's a little sore that day. Um, he's not really feeling it. Um, and was just trying to groove it out on the range. And, you know, he was just, in, I mean, he was just out there because it was his, his son-in-law's wedding. I don't, you know, obviously he was playing a little <laughs> bit injured. Um, so before we get fully into sort of what happens out there, um, why don't we talk a little bit about the King and the Bear? Because um, you know, part of part of what people tune in here is the golf experiences that we have. Um, I think you and I have some sort of similar opinions, but but mm -hmm. somewhat different. Um, so for all of you to know, I am not a big fan of quote unquote Florida golf. Uh, I am not <laughs> the biggest proponent of like what I I call resort golf, where um, all of the trouble is basically like you have a 150 yard carry off the tee, but then everything's wide open after, after that. Um, in my personal opinion, I think it makes it look really hard on the scorecard, but it makes it a lot harder on people who are like 10 to 20, 25 handicaps. And if you're a decent player clearing some of that stuff, especially to white, it doesn't really add anything to the experience. Um, and so you, I don't just know how you real feel about real that. quick. I want to add a point to that. <clears throat> I think it's interesting that golf courses do set up that way because your your better golfers like you and I or whoever Rick Sneaky Jeff like those issues do not come into play. Like you do not step on the tee and you're like I got to clear this water that's 120 yards in front of me. That's never. I mean, it's never your thought, right? Um, but the people you're trying to get in the game, you're punishing them 
You know what I'm saying? Right. So, like, the people you're actually trying to grow the game with, that's who you're punishing by creating those type of hazards. You know, I just, you know, from and I know that King and Bear was built way before, though. We got to grow the game stuff started. Um, sure. But I always find that interesting. Like, you shouldn't, in my opinion, be out there trying. Like, force carries, unless it's, unless you're, uh, you know, a uh, Turnberry or Kiowa or, you know, a uh, Cole or Whistling Straits type place, like where you're trying to host championship golf. Like, spare me that. You want to put trouble, you know, guard the greens, uh, you know, have more strategically laid out fairway bunkers that would punish the people you're actually trying to, like, compete with in terms of championship level golf. I don't know. That's just my take. I hate this force carry that's like 120 yards because it's only punishing, not, you know, like, Mike, you know, buddies like of my friends like Mike who haven't played or sure. Richmond, like that's not fair to them. You know, that's just not because then they, that slows pace down even more, and then that ruins the experience for guys like us who do put a lot of emphasis on pace of play because we've played a ton. Sure, and I just to back that up, we both worked at Turnbury, by the way, um, and there's maybe. I, th- I think maybe three tee shots on the entire golf course that you actually have a forced force carry. Like you have to, it's for somebody who is a 15 handicap, uh, a lot of the golf courses in Scotland, a lot of the better golf courses actually are very playable um, because you can hit it along the ground and there's right. some areas, but it's, it's not, it's, you know, it's not like the, the situation where you have that hundred and, 90 yard par three all over water with a back right pin where it's like by the rules of golf, somebody could sit up there on the tee all day it, and it, never clear. It's why um, Lynx golf is the best golf. You'll no one will convince me otherwise. I mean, it's why a guy like Tom Watson can be competing in the same major as Tiger Woods and have a chance to win on 18 in a British open or the sure. open, right? It's because you can't, you have to think your way around the golf course. You have to know where to hit it. You know, you can hit so many different shots, and if you can hit those shots, you're rewarded. And you know, the guy, you know, you a lot of people when we you'll know this because when we were over there, is like I'd caddy on the side, and Lynx Golf is like, all right, in America or in Florida specifically, where I am, if the if you have your little GPS out and it says it's 165 yards away, you have to you hit it 165 yards. At right. Turnberry, you do not hit it 165 yards. You have to right. be like 152 or something like that. You got to know where the where the bounces are. You got to know your greens and you know how you know where you can land it to where it can funnel towards the hole. Like all of these things, you never have to think your way around a Florida golf course. It's just right in front of you. Hit it, hit the shot, boom, you're done. Next shot. It, it's uh, it can get boring for your elite level golfer, but you know that's. A little that sounds elitist, but you know that's just how right. I, my take on it. So that the only reason we wanted to talk about that, we wanted to to give you all some background of like if you've played King and the Bear. I've talked to a lot of people who actually love that golf course. Like Rick's a guy who actually loved King and the Bear, right? Um, and a part of this is going to be preference, um, and a part of this is also we're we're not going to try to rate golf courses and right talk about like golf digest like nine out of ten of of this this and this in, right and s- the specialty of architecture and what because honestly you you and I Ian aren't that smart um, <laughs> we just don't have that that capacity but we do want to talk about basically five things. Uh, conditions of the golf course, uh, the vibe of the place that we're at, clubhouse and facilities, 
uh, pace of play. When I started asking like what's important to a lot of people, pace of play actually was one of those things where playing a six hour round of golf, even at a nice place, ruins it for them. Um, and then value for budget. So those are the five things that we're going to just kind of touch base on. We'll have a review sort of score afterward on our socials that you can follow along with. Um, but conditions, I mean, it's it's not Augusta, but you're not going to find really anything better, right? Um, greens are great. Fairways are well manicured. Bunkers are, I, I don't remember any com- complaints about it. Um, I don't know if you feel differently, Ian. No, I mean... Uh- so King and the Bear, Slammer Squire, <clears throat> part of like the Troon umbrella. Um, and any of you guys who follow or know about like Troon managed golf courses, um, no, I mean, you know what you're getting with those properties. I mean, they're always well maintained. Um, yeah, are they like you mentioned? Are, yeah, is it Augusta? No, but you're also not paying. Well, you can't pay to play Augusta anyway, but is it, you know, <laughs> TBC Sawgrass where you have to pay 650 bucks? No, but. You know, you're gonna have your random spots, but if you're if you're in a spot where you feel like it's not properly maintained, it probably means you shouldn't have been hitting over there anyway, right? It right. It's not meant to be properly maintained, right? Um, so you know, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think you know, in terms of conditions, you you weren't you weren't complaining about anything condition wise if you hit a poor shot, right? So, and it, and to that too, it's it's a very well conditioned place, but it's also not very uppity. Right. Like it's it's got like that resort feel. But at least when I was out there, I didn't feel like we were being pushed off the tee box or people cranking through like their staff and everything seems to do a pretty good job there of like having not not a low, low key. Right. It's not like the place that you roll out with your flip flops and you throw your shoes on on the first tee. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, pretty good staff. Not not really like. I, I don't know. Uppity is probably yeah. the best word I can think of for that. Yeah, I mean, um, for for me, um, it's tough to judge because we played in September or it was August, right? It was July. August, or August. yeah. It was so in that's the off season, um, yeah. right? Which isn't which is off season. So you don't know what it's like when it's cranking. So it's typically not a busy time anyway. But I do agree. Outside of the starter, he kind of was. Uh, uh, it was interesting. Um, everything was fine. You know, we pace play was good. My personal favorite Carkrell was on us on one tee box. That is <laughs> he a was huge on one tee box because I don't, I do not <laughs> warm up. I don't warm up, but I need to have a sipper before I hit the first tee shot. And she was there because they did not sell in the golf shop. Uh, the restaurant wasn't open yet because it was like again off season, nine a.m. or something. I think we teed off at nine thirty. Yeah. Um. So having the 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 Carkrell on one tee was a humongous win. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, and oh, we'll, I don't forget about these things. That's a <laughs> major gonna, component for me. <laughs> we're we're gonna have to do an episode on just starters one day, because um, <laughs> there's some interesting stories in that. Um, but yeah, I think I think everything. There's no complaints on. I think the only thing you and I kind of agree on is the value for budget uh, category. I've played it in season, and it's like. What I mean, you probably know the pricing more off the top of your head, but it was like a hundred and ninety or like two hundred and twenty dollars. Yeah. Two two twenty five, yeah. This um, you know, it's it's dynamically priced. It's anywhere from about one eighty to two twenty five, and then during uh, TBC week, it jumps up to like three seventy five. Yeah, um, so definitely don't pay four hundred dollars to play that golf course. No, um, no, no, absolutely not. 
And I also think it comes down to what you're looking for too. You know, um, it depends on your crowd you're with. Um, because if you're with a, a crowd that um, is used to playing TPC level courses or your private course that has huge initiation fees, you, you're going to be fine with that with that fee. If you're going with your boys and your boys are used to playing munis or fifty dollars golf courses, yeah, I mean, I think that you you probably you could fade it and be like, okay, you know, I'm I didn't miss a ton even though it's a really good golf course. Right, right. And it is a really good golf course. So um, moving sort of off of that, we just like to touch base to let you know sort of what we're playing. And um, yeah, I think think one of your issues, Ian, is part of we hadn't seen each other for so long. And um, when Rick hit that first tee shot, it was 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 kind of like... kind of like oh i have to i have to pay attention in the guy playing up three tee boxes up from you um did we play all the way back uh no we played one up from the one forward okay so use maybe maybe two tee boxes i think he used two tee boxes i mean um i think it was like 6700 for us if i had to guess something like that 66 67 i think he was like 61 i could be he he can attest that i'm not really sure uh real quick are we not doing the one through ten on for the for the Facebook and this, whatever the condition, we'll, all that. Are we doing that later? We'll we'll post it. We'll do okay, like it. just want to make sure we're on the same page. Infograph. Yeah, okay. We'll we'll post it after, um, as kind of like a, a reveal on that side. Um, because I don't think anybody really cares about us listing listing numbers about a golf course on a podcast. Just making sure, just making sure we're on the same page. <laughs> Well, going uh, back, going back real quick yeah. to the tee shots, then you can disregard what I just said. But going back to the tee sure. shots, there is something we should note, and it does not happen often. I'm pretty sure all four of us piped it. Like for mm-hmm. us, you know, fairway. Like we actually looked like we knew what we were doing. It was. I think I just missed the fairway on the off the left. I know I hit it left, but um, I thought we. Were, I thought it was a pretty impressive set of opening tee shots for us. It was, and then I uh, I did my first whole thing. So yes, you did. Uh, you did do we'll, your first whole thing. We'll have to. We'll have to. I know we have an episode about this going on um, at some point. But one of the things, obviously, it's my wedding week. I was getting a little bit into it the night before, um, <laughs> and I I don't know about you, dude, but I get the shakes. Like it doesn't. Like I could have. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. And it's IPAs, and if I had two of them, I could mm-hmm. have two or fifteen of them. And the next morning, until I have a beer or two on the golf course, it's like so. The driver's not really an issue, but anytime I get a wedge in my hand, it's it's like the the club is literally bouncing off the, the ground as I stand the, over. The driver it. is is the when you have that, I do agree. The driver is the is the is the club you want in your hands. Um, I think I mentioned in the last podcast I had done a the last round I had played was like with my boys we were doing a draft weekend we got really smashed the day before and it was one of those holes we started with a par four it was like 280 yards right we're not playing back some with guys that do not play golf and I was like I really should just be hitting a three wood or I should just be hitting a hybrid and I was and I had the shakes like you and I was like absolutely no chance I need the, <laughs> I need biggest, the biggest face on the planet <laughs> yes and so I hit yeah. driver. <laughs> uh yeah it's a choke even choke down on it a little bit and just oh, catch yeah. it right like yeah. it's yeah um but 
Yeah, nothing like dumping it in the front bunker and then blading it over the back of the green and then knocking <laughs> it on and making double. But I will say nothing does settle those shakes quite like a double on one because uh, it's like, well, I'm not going to shoot a number today then anyway, so might as well just get going. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, um, a quick way to fix the double on one from the shakes is to actually finish the double you ordered on the tee box. You know, that's that's yeah. my that's my goal. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, to be fair to you, Ian, I might have distracted you a little bit from Sneaky Jeff, but, um, you know, so we uh, we were out there. Um, I think you were even in my cart, too. I was. Yep. Um, so we uh, so we get through uh, through the round. Right. We're playing golf and I'll I'll let Ian take over his his whole scorecards because he likes to rub um, my nose in anytime he beats me in something. <laughs> Yeah, well, let me just go back to a little bit more of why I think Jeff's a little sneaky. I feel like that's not being appreciated as much. Uh, is Jeff is <laughs> – I thought about if I wanted to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. It, Jeff is like – you know when you, you watch these like – and I'm f- for the record, I am not saying Jeff is a serial killer, okay? But when you talk <laughs> about serial killers, they're very quiet <laughs> – that you know that you very under the radar you never expect anything from them but they will abs- they absolutely have that killer instinct like they will jump on top of you if they know it and you don't have to know it but he's watching you from 40 yards away he knows exactly where he stands like that's jeff man this guy when you see him he's the calmest nicest guy it's the guy you never expect anything but i'm telling you i've seen it enough now I called him out on it after we walked off 18, and once I knew who Jeff was, and that's that sneaky effing Jeff, I'll never let it go, because then I was analyzing everything about that man for our second round. But going back to 18 18, uh, green, we walk off 18 green. At that moment, I knew I'd beat Rick. I knew I'd beat you. Um, A little nervous about Rick, I think, on 18. I think he had a chance had it like I blew up and he birdied, then it could have got interesting. So I was paying, I was really focusing on Rick at this point. And didn't think anything of Jeff. I didn't think Jeff was having a bad round. I thought he was having a good round, but I didn't think he was having a good, good round. And walk off 18, adding up the scores. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got you by, you know, whatever it was, six, five, six. Got Rick by four, whatever it was. And I, I don't even think I was keeping uh, Jeff's score. I really don't think I was. And, like, that's kind of a dick no, move on my part, yeah. so that's on me. Um and Jeff's like, yeah, I shot. What did he say? He shot seventy four or something like that. I think, I, think I shot seventy six. Yeah, it was either seventy seventy four, seventy five, or something like that. It was. I mean, it was. It, it was. I mean, not to be derogatory. Score. It was a good score. It was old man golf, right? Like it was. He, he was, doesn't he, miss fairways. He was never in trouble. Yeah, right. He doesn't miss fairways. Green regulation, two putt, which is fine. And, and honestly, my game's not all that different either. I'm not out here. I'm not the guy who has like five birdies in. Six bogey. I'm like, I'm gonna have fifteen pars and three bogeys. Like that's me. Like very rarely do I have like more than two birdies in a round. So anyway, I hear that and I'm just stunned. Okay, I I, I am. You know, it's just a feeling that comes over you. Like, are you effing kidding me? Because now you, you walked off eighteen green thing and I beat everyone in this group. And not that you were gonna brag to Jeff. You, you know, Jeff's an older guy, right? You're not gonna. You know, that's, that's just mean. I don't brag if I beat my dad. And when I heard that, I was just 
stunned. And I think I even called him out. I was like, what? Like, I was so fired up. And then that whole day, the whole that whole night, because I think we had what? Your Was that the actual day of the No, because we played, we played um, Southampton the morning before. Okay. The, the so, first wedding. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So I got him that day. But anyway, that's for a different subject. So yeah. um, I just couldn't. I couldn't get it couldn't get past it because had I been focusing and known Jeff had a one or two shot lead on 18, I play that hole completely different because I was focusing on just managing to get past Je- uh, Rick. I was like, well, just mm. don't don't quadruple this thing. And not that I I think what I did was I I laid up. It was a par five. 18 is a par five, and I laid up. I could have gone for it, but I laid up because I was like, I'll just get it to 100 yards out. I'll hit my wedge and if I can birdie great but I'll just take par and I ended up taking par but I was like shit I was, I was just and he, you would have never known you'd have ne- I've never seen a man shoot 74 75 at his age nope like that's not a shot at Jeff he's just older than us and not at any point during the round be like yeah I'm playing really well like at no point did he mention this like that's crazy my if my dad is is on it has a shot to break 80. And my dad's a decent golfer. I know about it by 10T. I know where he, like, he's telling me where he's at. Jeff doesn't say a effing word the whole time. I was so fired sure. up about that. So I have, I have one more story about that. Um, but I think first um, we should do our dad joke of the week. Go um, for it. <laughs> New dad. I th- yeah, new dad. This is this is my first dad dad joke, official dad joke. Now, can I like just pick a sponsor? Like, if I just start like branding this, will do they do they have to pay us? Like, if I just do like a read for I don't I don't know like ESPN or something like that, do, just send them the audio and be like, "Yo, you owe me a check." Is that well? How yeah, this works and I think you can new? you can always uh, you know get rewarded for what you've done prior to even signing a contract. I think over time, you know, it just works itself out. Sure. Sure. So we're, we're going to pick Peter Millar. Why not? Ooh, Dad golf. What, joke a great, of the week. what a great yeah, choice. Exactly. Uh, sponsored by Peter Millar. So send us stuff. Um, Come on, Peter. But, uh, <laughs> uh, election day is coming up. So if you golf on election day, make sure to cast an absentee ballot. He's just that's dumb. Absent I like it. I like it. No. Tea. I like the, I like last episodes much better. <laughs> oh come on, that's brilliant. Um I had to I had to stay relevant. I had to stay you relevant. Did. I give you credit. Yeah. I'm also uh, you're more into politics than me, so Yes, because that was a very political statement. You that know, we had you, there. you referenced it to the election, you know. Some people get gripped <laughs> by that. So um anyway, the this was the day before, right? Jeff's complaining about his back and his knee just to go sit up from the senior tees and chuck in a 74 from 300 yards um, and wedges all day into some of these par threes. Um, and I remember this vividly because, right, our wedding's in uh, her parents' backyard. They have a pool and stuff like that. And um, we had played Southampton that morning, which we'll go over because I think there's some good bachelor party advice that we can give our audience of 80 people of friends and family (laughs) Um, about that. Um, But uh, I remember 
I'm sitting there talking with Lisa, uh, Lisa and you and Rick. And I forget if it's you or Rick um, goes to Lisa. Yeah, your dad played really, really well yesterday. Um, he's really good for being over 70. And that was Lisa not look- me. That was not- <laughs> I think it was Rick. Um, and Lisa looks at him and goes, he's not 70. And he's like, what? And he's like, She's like, no, he's like 60. And he's like, oh, he was telling everybody his back was bad and he was over (laughs) 70. And that's why he had to play forward. And so don't uh, the the moral to this whole thing uh, is don't play Jeff for money. Um, You'll get every excuse. He'll even uh, I guarantee this is uh, because I agree with the serial killer thing, because this is exactly what happens if you do the whole thing where (laughs) let's say you take Jeff out for a round of golf and there's, you know, two other guys and you guys really haven't played before, but you kind of know each other. Right. And this happens all the time. We've all been here where you go out on the first tee and you play the first hole and nobody's really sure what game you all should be playing. Right. It's not your like typical group. You're trying to figure out. What do we want to do? Like how to get some money involved. And it's like the third tee where you guys figure out like, oh, we'll just play trash or why don't we get like two like matches going on or something like that. In that situation, guaranteed, Jeff doubles the first two holes. Guaranteed. (laughs) Like write it down. Like, but if you're sitting there on the range contemplating it, he's going to be four up through a through yes. five and well on your way to, to taking everything in your pocket. That would be totally a Jeff move. I, I completely agree with you. I did. I did come back from six shots down on, uh, to him with four holes left uh, at Southampton. Actually, I went Eagle birdie and he went double par or something like that. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, don't, don't play the sneakster. Uh, for money, you, you equal that uh, the kind of like dog leg right, then goes back dog leg left. Is that the hole you eagled? Yeah, so it's on. It's Is on it water the back on the right nine. on the tee box. I'm trying to think. No, there's there's OB to the right. So um, okay. this is actually a good jumping off point. Anyway, uh, this wasn't the same round, but um, Southampton's another golf course in St. Augustine. We played it the morning of my wedding. Um, which I had a beer count that I was told going out there. <laughs> I did um, not. <laughs> but it's uh, it's a par five that goes almost like dead, dead left off the tee. And how it sets up, like it's like 270 yards like that direction. And you don't run out of fairway like down the middle for like 330, 340 yards. Um, I snap hooked a drive off that tee. But like how the hole ends up being, it's only like a 200-yard carry over all of this OB. And then there's this huge gap between the out-of-bounds in this lake that I ended up, like I had some tree trouble, but I was like a buck 90 out. Um, and on that hole, I forget, it's, it's on the back. Um, but there's this big pot bunker uh, in front of the green. So if you're uh, way far back, even hitting something to try to get up there, you're going to end up in that bunker and it's miserable trying to get up and down from, but I just so happened, like I got really, really, really lucky off snap hooks, the wrong word. It was one of those like 
just tugs that you hit really hard that just dead, dead left um, and found it and hit like a five iron to eight feet. Um, it's the last eagle I made, actually. Um, but anyway, Southampton, I know we talked a little bit about this in our first podcast. Um, Condition-wise, nowhere, nowhere close to King and the Bear. Um, it's good, right? But it's it's a public track. Um, facilities are great though. They have a great range, great bar, great restaurant. Um, but the biggest thing playing golf out there is it's really good value for the money that you, that you fork out. I think we paid like 65 bucks. Yeah, it wasn't that. On. It was, um, yeah, I mean, and honestly, even, and that was off season, but even in season as a guy who sells this golf course, like it's. I think in season, if you play after ten o'clock, it's like sixty-five bucks with tax, like through us, right? I can't speak to what they charge, but right. um, like that's you could play there three times basically for the for the cost it take for King and Bear, and depending upon again, it goes back to like know your group. I my knowing my crew here in Orlando, they would want to play Southampton three times versus playing King and Bear once. I think it makes a ton of sense, and and value for money it's probably the best value for money when you factor in everything right in, in that area and so here's here's the bachelor party advice if you have that group by the way um if you're you know any sort of guys trip like that you're bound to have you're bound to have a guy who just does not play right um not not even like in corporate events or whatever he's just never picked up a a golf club in his life. Now, um, we had two threesomes and we got lucky that there wasn't a fourth, but here's, here's the thing. If you guys have four people in, in your group, um, and one of them doesn't want to play, uh, if that guy doesn't want to play, a lot of places will let you get away with not paying a greens fee, but paying a cart fee. Um, provided that there's not a fourth guy that would take his seat. Right. So you, they're going to give you two carts, right? Everywhere you go isn't, you know, I know COVID changed that every once in a while, but nobody's going to give you three carts just so you can have a guy that tags along. Um, if you don't have a fourth guy uh, in your group, um, a lot of times Southampton let us do this. They just, right, the guy in our group just paid the 35 bucks or whatever just to take the cart. We um, did get paired up, by the way, or at least on my group did. We we got he was cool. He was like well, the probably the best single I've ever we've ever had or I've ever played with because uh, he was a young guy like us too. He was married. I forget his name. He had like the tattoo I think on his arm. You don't remember this guy? I'm drawing a blank on his name. I deleted my Facebook. We were Facebook friends. Um, I can't think of his name. You should ask one of the guys. He, he was a cool dude. Yeah, I don't remember because it was me, Hurst. You were in my group. I was in your Who group. Who was this yeah. other guy? I don't, I don't remember. Know, he, was, he had his own. He was just a standalone. He just we got paired up on one tee. Um, I don't know why I can't. He because he he was like a photographer or something like that, or his wife was like a freelance photographer. Because remember, he, she was talking. Uh, he was talking about like, um, like for the second <laughs> one, he's like, yeah, hey, I think my wife. I don't know. I forget his name. I'll that's, to, that's I'll, I almost want to reactivate Facebook just to just to figure this out. But um, anyway, keep going. He's, he was yeah, a good no. dude, though. I enjoyed our enjoyed his company. 
that's uh, how many brain cells I apparently have from that weekend. Well, you were um, also, you know, we're on date. You were probably day three or four of heavily drinking. <laughs> um, but also, like, if if you don't, if you have a situation where it ends up, it's going to be five of you, right? Um, they won't give you, uh, most places won't give you another cart. But if somebody in your group's willing to walk, like I'm a walker, right? Um, a lot of times they'll let you get away with it. But just be like, don't do the like bachelor party douchebag thing where you show up with more guys than what you booked with without communicating to the club and being like, oh yeah, yeah. can he just ride along? Because you're gonna you're gonna piss somebody off, right? Most golf pros are are pretty open about like situations like that do occur. Um, now you're not gonna do that at TPC. Um, Right. But um somewhere like Southampton, right, for a little extra money, they'll they'll usually let you do something like that. I'll even go a step further. I think if you are a bachelor party, you sh- especially at a club like Southampton where it's not a ton of money, just buy out the slot. Buy out all four slots. Yeah. You don't have to golf. But I'll tell you what happens. As a guy who worked at a lot of resort, you were more private side. I, I was all resort for the most part, or public. If you book for you book seven or you book six, I'm sorry. Our job is to is to make money. So you're gonna get paired up right with a single on a Saturday morning at eight thirty in the morning. If you don't want to entertain that person, or you're gonna be a, a dick to that person then buy out the slot. We always used to tell people, then buy out the slot. The worst thing you can do, like you said, is show up, have your own agenda, and not think the course is just going to pair you up. There's, right. it's, and that happens always with the guys who come from the private side. They're members at their club, and then they come to a True North or a Quintero. You're, like, they're just like, what? You're pairing me up with something? Like, I, booked, I booked a threesome. It, it's just, right. if I have any advice, please buy out the slot if you're going to a public course, especially yeah. if it's a bachelor party. And and talk to the pro. That's honestly, guys, that's what that's what the PGA professionals there to do. Is yeah. to make what what you want to happen happen. I can't tell right. you how many times with golf trips and stuff like that, I've just literally called the general manager ahead pro and said, Hey, this is what I am looking to do. What um what does that cost? How do we go about doing that? What if and every single one of them, at least anyone that's worth their weight, I mean, that's their job. Um, so I know that sounds like really silly, stupid advice, but I can't tell you from working in the golf business how few people actually do that. Um, you know, most people just show up. Um, so don't do that because it pisses all of us off. <laughs> um, so... Um, Wrapping some stuff up here, Ian, um, Mm -hmm. we do have our second sponsor segment slot, but this, I mean, at least I come with a dad joke every week. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's not a whole lot of, uh, so our second segment is, is Ian playing golf, um, for every five-star rating that we've gotten. And I want to thank everybody for going and rating. Um, we've gotten 14 five-star ratings, which I know it doesn't sound like a whole lot when you compare it to, to, you know, some of the more um, founded podcasts that are out there. 14 ratings for the first episode on an organically grown podcast is huge. So thanks everybody 
for all of that. And I can speak to the look on Ian's face as he was not expecting. I was not. Uh, <laughs> definitely not expecting that. Uh, um, but we do appreciate it. And and I do have my first round of golf because of these reviews penciled in for this upcoming Sunday. Uh, so, hey, it's working. It's getting me out. It's getting me on the golf course. And, you know, 7.30 a.m. tee time, I'll have, I'll have a sipper on the first tee and we'll go about our day and... You know, we'll try and I think we talked about it. I think I'll try and record uh I'll just find their signature hole and uh kind of like bar stool golf it or what do they call it? Four play golf. Um yeah. kinda do uh you'll get to see how I play that particular hole and we'll go from there. But uh yeah, I'm looking forward to it and, and I appreciate the reviews for, for you know, giving me the little the little kickstart I needed to, to get back in the game. So I think we should find some sort of time limit and do some like punishments of of uh <laughs> if certain certain uh, guidelines aren't set like you can either play around a golf or you have to do this um so we will both be taking recommendations from sponsorship dollars and i think recommendations for for things that ian should have to do whether it's you know um playing that uh, that hole that's on video maybe in a in a nice little sundress uh oh come or, on now come on <laughs> Um, I won't make you get a tattoo or anything. Um, no, I, I draw the line of tattoo, but uh, I'll do damn near anything else. I mean, you've seen how I react to Florida State wins and what I'll do, so I'll do pretty <laughs> much anything else except a tattoo. Well, we'll hope Brittany has uh, tuned out of this podcast and hasn't listened to the whole thing. And yeah, no, Brittany still, still doesn't know about that that fateful night after LSU, so <laughs> we'll, keep it, we'll keep it under wraps. We'll, we'll keep that under wraps. We'll keep that under wraps until, uh, I don't know. Uh, Ian said that he'll do unspeakable things for just 10 grand. <laughs> so if, it's so true. If there's, if 10 grand is 10 grand. Bits, That's a lot of Ethereum, yeah. baby. That's a lot of Ethereum I could buy. <laughs> so if there's a... A Saudi prince hanging around that wants to see that video. I'm sure we can. Oh, we totally. Can, we can, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Make it happen. Come on over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, again, thank you, everybody. Please remember to uh, subscribe to our socials um, at the Dad Golf Podcast on Instagram, uh, at the Dad Golf Pod on Twitter. Uh, we do have a Facebook page. You can follow us on um, Apple, Spotify, but if you're listening to this, you're probably following us or, or something at this right. point anyway. Um, but, um, next week or the next, whenever we're going to do one of these, I, I don't know. I don't have any concept of time at this point. <laughs> and you won't um, for a little bit. That's, that's yeah. completely normal. Um, we're going to be talking about, uh, what's acceptable golf wise on a family vacation. So I'll leave that little teaser uh, ahead of uh, ahead of that next episode. But uh, Ian, anything else you want to say to the nice people before we call it a night? No, just you know, if you're if you're uh, find yourself in the St. Augustine area um, and you happen to just play a random round of golf, if your playing partner is named Jeff, when you go home that night, lock your doors, double check everything, check the windows because you never know, sneaky Jeff may be there. Check, check the wallet. Uh, there's probably some money there's, gone from there. Yeah, there's no question. It's, I mean, especially if you set something up on one tee, there's no question you're leaving with less money than you came with. It's the mustache, dude. It's the mustache. I'm, I'm telling you, weird. I don't know if there's a way, or if he'd be okay with it. I don't know his vibe on this. If you sent a photo of Sneaky Jeff on 
on Facebook or Instagram, I'm telling you, everyone would be like, I wouldn't trust that man. I wouldn't trust him. Even though he's the <laughs> nicest guy, he is absolutely in person awesome. Uh, you're very fortunate. Your your father in law is fantastic. Love him, right? I've only met him a couple times, but man, I wish I knew what you I also, knew now. You wouldn't you wouldn't be surprised if you saw him in an orange uh, jumpsuit on um, a Florida man. I'm telling uh, you, if I start story. to if I start to hear that there is a serial killer. In <laughs> North Florida Odyssey. area, I'm, I'm just, I'll, you know, I'm not gonna call in, right? Because I out of respect for you and your and your wife, but I'll at least hey, say hey, you know, can we get some, can we get some fact checks on where Jeff was on this night before we get, you know, I just, uh, you know, he he finds his way to sneak around a little bit, and you know, just he scares me a little bit, and that's all, you know. Yeah, I'm glad, well. I'm glad I was able to survive after beating him the second day. I'm happy I was able to survive and make it out of St. Augustine alive well uh, better men haven't so yeah you are fairly lucky <laughs> i haven't been invited for a third round so that's all i needed to know <laughs> we'll we'll sort that out. we'll sort that out there's a trip coming sometime um at the end of the year and i'll be ready to get rid of some dad time and uh orlando's a short drive away and we're already so Hell, i wouldn't even mind driving up there so no <laughs> all right ian have a good night buddy thanks man you too you too jeff I know you're listening.